Yo, 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 what's good, what's good, what's happening? What's happening? We back. We back in full effect. I'm ready to pod today. I am ready to pod today. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Isaiah Kid Podcast. Welcome back, welcome back. Like I said, I'm ready to pod today. I'm a little, ex- I'm a little excited. We're getting the finals matchup that I wanted, um, that, I, that I predicted about a month ago. Month in the back, you know, month in advance. You know, I'm excited. I know a lot of Celtics fans are excited. Um, I don't want to celebrate too prematurely. I do not want to celebrate too prematurely. But I must say, Golden State's up 3-1 versus Dallas in the Western Conference Finals. And obviously, the Celtics won a critical, critical game five to take a commanding three games to two lead over the Miami Heat. Game six, back in Boston at the Garden, at TD Garden. That place is going to be, that place is going to be jumping. Um, I'm excited. Though. I'm ready to pod. I'm ready to pod today. I'm ready to pod today, and I came to pod today. So I hope you guys are really, get. I mean, get real comfortable. I don't know. Hey, hey if you're driving, <clears throat> don't get too comfortable. But if, you're, if you are in a place of comfort, Please be get as comfortable as possible, uh, cause I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready to get, I'm ready to take you guys on an audio adventure. Uh, but first and foremost, I'm your humble and highly favorite host, Isaiah Kit of the Isaiah Kit Podcast. Shouts out, shouts out to everybody. Shouts out to everybody. If you are a first time listener, shouts out to you. If you are a regular listener, shouts out to you. If this is potentially your last time listening to this podcast, shouts out to you too. I hope it's not, but shouts out to you. Um, shouts out to anybody that's listening. Um, Memorial Day weekend is coming up. It's right around the corner, you know, so that should be really fun and honorable as well. Um, but I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited. And let's start with the Miami Heat and the Boston Celtics. Like I said, already mentioned, the Celtics take a commanding three games to two lead over the Miami Heat. They won a critical game five. And as I was thinking about, you know, some thoughts of mine as I'm, you know, before I'm pod, you know, I do, I do try to get my thoughts together, write it down sometimes, even write it down a little bit, you know. The Heat remind me of a boxer that don't have a knockout punch. Because literally, the Heat are now in a predicament where they are that boxer they're that boxer with run with one round left, and the only way to win the fight is by knockout, and that's not what they do. That's not what Miami do. They don't have a knockout punch. They don't have a knockout punch. They don't. They don't have a knockout punch. Miami is that boxer with one round left, and the only way to win is by knockout, and they don't have a punch. They don't have any power behind their punches. And that is my that is what Miami is offensively. Now I must say, before I get into that, the Celtics, you look at the Celtics, a lot of their key contributors, most of their key contributors outside of Al Horford, are in the midst of their primes or just now entering into their primes. So that's important to know. Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Robert Williams, Marcus Smart, all these guys, with the with the exception of Al Horford. Al Horford's 35. I call him the ageless wonder because, like, you know, in Boston, he just doesn't age. Just doesn't age. But as I predicted and as I 
as I was waiting for the Celtics to eventually wake up in this series, I was waiting for the Celtics to win two games in a row in this series because we're now seeing how much better the Celtics are in the Heat than the Heat. The Celtics are, as I said, better team, better offensive weapons, better versatility. They have more youth. They have more. They have more players that's in their prime. And with the Heat, like I said, they don't have that knockout punch. Shooting 15% in a critical game five at home, not going to get it done. Your backcourt was a – the Miami Heat's backcourt was a combined 0 for 15. They're starting backcourt. Kyle Lowry, Max Strauss. Strauss. 0 for 15. Kyle Lowry looked like a shell of himself. Some, you know – do I think he's hurt? Yeah, I think he is a little banged up and hurt. But also, I think Kyle Lowry's on the back end. <laughs> I think he's on the back end. And I like Kyle Lowry, but I think he's on the back end. But Miami, they are offensively, they have a ceiling. In the last two games, they've been missing Tyler Hero. Now, I'm going to preface my comments, or I want people to hear me out before you know, you you guys jump and react. But last two games, Miami hasn't even cracked 85 points. They've been missing Tyler Hero. I think Tyler Hero has had a great year this year. He's he's had a bounce back year um, this year. And he's a really good bench player. But this tells me all I need to know about the Miami Heat. And I always thought Miami throughout the season was a bit fool's gold. But this tells me all I need to know about the Miami Heat. They were miss they were missing a bench player, and they just couldn't generate offense. They just could not generate anything offensively because they were missing a bench player. And like I said, Tyler Hero is a fine player. He's a really good scorer off the bench, but and he brings offense. I give him that. But it says a lot. You're not a real championship team if you are missing one bench player and you just can't generate any type of offense. Jimmy Butler, four for, what, 18? I think Jimmy Butler was four for 18 in game five. Um, Jimmy could only do but so much. And then the knee inflammation, uh, I think that's still a factor too with him. But that tells me all I need. And, and I've always had this feeling in this stance on Miami about them being fool's gold. I always had this, I always had this, even dating back to the second round series versus Philadelphia, where they beat Philadelphia, obviously, but they never really dominated Philadelphia. It goes back to my, my original point. They don't have a knockout punch. They never really knocked out Philadelphia. Philadelphia was just, they had their own issues going on. And Miami was just ha- Miami just has a better culture. And speaking of better cultures, and in speaking of cultures, I know we I, I know a lot of people rave about the Miami Heat's culture, and they have a great culture. I think the Heat culture is it, it's one of the best cultures in the league. You can make the argument probably the best, but at some point it comes to a point where you need guys. Ags Bill Belichick. Ags Greg Popovich. Culture's fine and all when you got talent, when you got dudes. 
Miami, coach is great. But they don't got no guys. They don't have dudes offensively. Bam Adebayo, please stop selling me. I, I, I see so many people on Twitter here and there trying to sell me on Bam Adebayo. I like Bam. I think he's a really good defensive player. He's limited offensively. The one game that he scored a lot of points in, his best game offensively in this series, oh, yeah, was the game when Robert Williams did not play. That that was the game. His highest his, – his offensive productivity, the best offensive game Bam Adebayo had in this series was the one game Robert Williams did not play. That tells you all you need to know about Bam Adebayo offensively. I just see a lot of – with Miami, unlike Boston, and, and, and this speaks to culture, Miami has a good culture. Boston has a good culture. You know, you want to know what's the key differences? Boston has better dudes. Boston has more versatility. Boston's just the better team. That's what it comes down to. That's essentially what it comes down to. Boston has better dudes. Boston is a better team. In Miami, the Heat shooting 15% from three, not going to win you a home game. It's not going to win you a home playoff game versus this Celtics team. It's not. It's not. And we can say, hey, Miami just couldn't hit shots. Well, this is now two games in a row where Miami just could not hit shots. And we kind of all figured this. Most people that pick Boston, they pick Boston because we looked at the tenacious defense that Boston played. And then we also asked ourselves where we asked ourselves, where, when is, where's the offense coming from for Miami? Who is reliable? Who's going to be that second reliable go-to option for Miami? Who is it? Who's it going to be? <laughs> Miami, they have got, they have a lot of one-sided guys. Bam, he's defensive sided, but offensively, he's very limited. Great defender but very limited offensively. Duncan Robinson, great shooter, but he's a defensive liability. Tyler Hero, great scorer, def defensive liability. <laughs> you know, they have a lot of one-sided players. But Boston, you look at Boston guys from top to bottom, like they have two-way guys. They have versatile guys. Marcus Smart, great defender, but also can shoot the three. Streaky, but can shoot it. Jason Jalen Brown, great defender. And can really shot create, create his own shot, hit the three, can like can play make like can do it all offensively. Jason Tatum, two-way guy. Robert Williams has a ceiling offensively, but he's really good defensively. And then Al Horford, he's just doing everything. He's the glue guy. So I, you look at Boston and Miami, you ask yourself, what's the difference this morning? What's the difference? The, well, the key difference. Is both coaches are really good, but the key difference is Boston has better guys. They have better dudes. They're more they're more versatile. Their guys, their and their dudes, their key contributors. Most of their key contributors are in the midst or entering into their prime. That's the big difference. That's the big difference. I mean, the Heat and you you know the Heat. I, I give I commend them as a franchise. I think they have a great franchise. Like I said, I think their coach is excellent. 
But like I said, hey, 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 there comes a point where culture is all good and gravy. But if you don't have guys, if you don't have talent to line up the, with the culture, <laughs> coach can only take you but so far. Ask Bill Belichick. Great culture in New England. Last couple years, you know, when they line up versus Buffalo, Buffalo has better talent. <laughs> Buffalo has Buffalo has good culture, and Buffalo got better talent. <laughs> That's what it comes down to. And Greg Popovich. Greg Popovich, great culture. Great culture setter. But you ask him about the talent. Can't line, can't really line it up. Can't really line it up. And, and check this out. Boston, in the, in the 20 quarters that's been played in this series, Boston has won 16 out of 20 quarters. They've won 16 out of 20 quarters. This is complete, utter domination. And with this Heat team, with Pat Riley, Pat Riley has... He's built an array, a different, a different array of type of teams. Like from LA to New York, LA again, you know, Miami. Like he's built so many great teams. And the way how this Miami team right now, excuse me, the way how this Miami team is constructed right now, they're constructed like those mid-90s Nick teams where they play hard, the culture's really good. They play great deep. They're gonna play. They're gonna play defense. They're gonna give a lot of effort, but offensively they have one score. That's Jimmy Butler. For the Knicks, that was Patrick Ewing. These the the the, the way how this Heat team is built is built very similarly. They're gonna play with a lot of effort. They're gonna play good defense. They're gonna give. They're gonna give a lot of energy every night. They're gonna have depth. But they have one go-to reliable A-list score. And with Jimmy Butler as a score, he even has a ceiling offensively because he can't shoot the three consistently. He can't consistently make the three. So even with Miami's best score, there is still an offense. There's still some type of limit and ceiling that is there with Miami offensively. And that is why I picked the Boston Celtics to win this series. That is why. That is why. That's why. You know, I, I think the Heat culture is really good. I think it's a great culture. Culture will only get you so far. And it told and yeah, and I think these last two games really showed you. The 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 like the deficiencies of the Miami Heat, and as to why I don't think they are a championship caliber team, because anytime you are missing a off, uh, you're missing a bench player like Tyler Hero, and you just can't seem to find any type of remnants of offense. And when you look in ep offensively, that tells me all I need to know about Miami. And throughout the year, coming into the playoffs, I thought Miami was fool's gold. Um, I thought Miami was fool's gold. I thought their matchups, you know, worked out for them for the first couple rounds. I thought the matchups was really favorable. But they run into they, – they met their match. Boston plays very similar to Miami where they play a lot of effort, a lot of energy, great defense. But 
the one big difference and the one disparity is with talent and offensive versatility. Boston is just well, is just better versed offensively than Miami. Simple as that. And with the Celtics, this has been, I'm going I'm to shift to the Celtics. I'm going to sh- give them some shout outs now. For a while now, basically since I have started this podcast, I have been very, very critical of the Celtics and their approach in terms of, um, you know, being championship contenders. Because I have often pointed to many of examples where teams in front offices have been very aggressive and their aggressiveness paid off and it had results. And I was very critical of the Celtics for years because they have they they have all these assets, but they would never cash in on being aggressive and trying to go get guys. They would never do that. They stay put. They stayed set. They stayed set, uh, steady. And their steadiness and their consistent their consistentness, they're consistent. See, it's paying off now. It's like it's it's like um, think of like you getting some type of uh some type of mentorship like your parents are telling you something or your teacher is telling you something and they're telling you like this is the way to succeed and you finally see that way is working to succeed like you finally see that like what they're saying is starting to actually like pay off and work it's it's actually succeeding now that's kind of the Celtics where For years, I criticized them. I criticized them about holding on to all their assets, and and and, and I just criticized them. I like every every star that was available in the trade market or free agency. Like I criticized the Celtics for not making a move, um, because I thought they were just you know they were being stagnant. I thought they were being stagnant. I didn't think the Celtics were. I didn't think the Celtics front office was aggressive enough. Well, game five and potentially game six, where I think the Celtics will win, it's going to be some type of like that getting that monkey off of their back. It's going to be a revelation. It's going to be getting that monkey off their back because they finally got over that hurdle of um of finally just getting back to the finals for the first time since 2010. Getting back to the finals, and I actually think they have a damn good shot at winning it all because I think they match up pretty well with Golden State. I really do. Now, I pick Golden State to win it all, but I think Boston, I, it would be crazy of me to say that Boston doesn't have a damn good shot. I think Boston has a good shot. Uh, I think they match up with, I think they match up with Golden State pretty well. But it's finally playing off. The Celtics formula in terms of staying steady, staying put, not being aggressive and, you know, developing their guys, it's actually paying off. This Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Marcus, like that, the nucleus, it's starting to pay off and I'm starting to see results. That's all I was asking for, Boston. That's all I was asking for. Last week, I went hard on the Celtics because I was talking about how what good is consistency if you don't get the result at the end. This is the result I was talking about. The Celtics 
finally, it seems as if they're finally going to get the result that they have been looking for after all these years of consistency. They're finally getting the result. So, congrats. So, like I said, I don't want to be, I don't want to celebrate um, too prematurely, right? I don't want to celebrate too prematurely because they still have to win one more game. But if the Celtics do hang on and win this series and win game six, which I think they will, congratulations to the Boston Celtics. They have proved me wrong. <laughs> They have proved me wrong. They stayed put, and they stuck. They stuck to their guns. They stuck to their guns. But the Miami Heat—that's that's the overall thing. Miami just doesn't have enough offensively. Just don't have enough power in their punches. Um, that's what it comes down to. Boston and Boston's just the better team. Boston's just the overall better squad. More versatility. Better offensive talent. They have more players in their prime than Miami do. Simple as that. Simple as that. All right, so we're back. Um, as I already talked about the Eastern Conference Finals a little bit, uh, I'm going to shift gears to the Western Conference Finals. Uh, the Warriors, like I said, the Warriors hold a commanding three games to one lead over the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, Luka, and, Luka and the Mavericks, they shot the ball really, really well in game four to avoid the sweep by the Warriors. Now, I will say this. I will say this. I think Luka's great. I think Luka's awesome. I think overall, Golden State will come back game five and beat the Mavericks to advance the NBA Finals. Um, it took Dallas shooting the ball really, really well. It has been, it's been what I talking about. I've been talking about this you know, throughout the postseason with the Mavericks, like I, I have always talked about Luke and his greatness. And you guys know, if you, are, if you're a regular listener to this podcast, you guys should know that I think the world of Luka Doncic, I, he's an absolute bona fide superstar. Um, and what he can do and his capabilities has been awesome. And throughout the postseason, this postseason run, he's not, he's been, he's, he's been doing nothing but short of amazing stuff, but. It comes to a point where Golden State is just the overall better team. Dallas just don't have enough. Dallas, I think, on the road, back at San Francisco, I think um, the Warriors, the sense of urgency. I think there's – I see a sense of urgency with the Warriors tonight with closing out Dallas and knowing that, like, hey, okay, you know, we need to close out, get to the finals, Rest up as soon as possible, as much as possible, so we can take on possibly the potential, the potential Boston Celtics. Um, that's that that that's just my feel for tonight. I think Luke's gonna put up a great fight. I think the Mavericks as a team is gonna put up a great fight. Uh, I just don't think they have enough. Um, even with, like I said, the Dallas Mavericks at home shot the ball as. Shot the ball. That was the best time. That was the best game they shot the ball. No, without a doubt, they had their best shooting game. Luka Doncic was like Luka Doncic, amazing. And still, at the end, the Warriors came, came clawing back, making the game winnable again. Mavs was up twenty six. The Mavs were up twenty six. 
And with Golden State's role players, Golden State cut the lead to eight with four minutes, under four minutes left in the game. Like, so it, it, it got really surreal. <laughs> it got really real at the end. So I think with all of that, with all of those, with contextualizing and adding context to all of those things, I think Dallas, <clears throat> there's the, the, the end of the season has come to a point. I think it's going to end in game five. I think it's going to end game five. That's just my that's just my gut feeling. I had the Warriors winning. Uh, I originally had the Warriors winning in six or seven games. Um, could could the Mavs still a game here in Golden State? They could. They could. And it, it, it could become very interesting. But I think this Warriors team is seasoned and experienced enough where they understand the sense of urgency of closing out the series and shutting the door on the Mavericks, shutting the door on Luka Doncic. I think that I think there will be a sense of urgency with the Warriors in Game Five. Um, that you that approach you will be seen. I think that approach will be seen where they have a sense of urgency about what needs to happen and how they need to win tonight's game and how they how they need to win game five. I think that's just what it is. Um yeah, I, I think that's just what it is. And they get ready for the NBA finals. I simple as that. Simple as that. I think Dallas, too many spikes. They have to Dallas relies on too many spikes in order to consistently win playoff games and playoff series. I said that back in the last series. Um, ultimately, they prevailed and they they beat Phoenix. But I think obviously we we all know that Phoenix is different. Uh, Golden State is different from Phoenix. Um, they're not the same. Um, and granted, I think Luca probably probably he's probably the best player on this floor um, between the two teams. But I still think Golden State as a whole, um, Dallas didn't have. They still really don't have any answers for Golden State offensively. Um, that, that's been a real struggling point. Uh, and then obviously the others of Dallas, they're hit and miss. They're hit or miss. When, when, when the others of Dallas are clicking, when the Reggie Bullocks of the world, um, the Maxi Klebas, when those guys are going, when, you know, when Spencer Dinwiddie is energized, coming off the bench and giving you straight, like when they're, when they're that version, they're, they're really hard to beat. They're really hard to beat, and then on top of that, you have to have, you have to deal with Luca. They're really hard to beat, but they rely on those spikes too many times, too much, um, and it doesn't always happen. Doesn't always prevail. That's why they found themselves in a three zero lead because throughout the first three games of the series, it was a lot of Luca, but just not enough of anybody else, really. Not enough of not enough of Maxi Kleber, not enough not enough of uh, Dorian Finney Smith, not enough of of Maxi, uh, uh, oh, I said Maxi already. Um, Reggie Bullock, just not enough, just not enough there. So that's 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 my pulse for Game Five. I think the Warriors handle business and they close out and finish as Western Conference champions and advance to the NBA Finals. Okay, before I get back to Miami, because uh, I want to talk about the state of the Miami Heat. As they are, as they are, uh, they're facing elimination in Game Six. Let me sneak in a little, pro, a little football topic with Deshaun Watson. Um, and I haven't talked about this whole this whole situation a lot. Uh, I, I, you know, I touched on his contract, his his well, his trade, and then he got the contract extension from Cleveland. Um, I touched on that a little bit. 
but that was also a little bit with hand in hand with Baker. Um, but with the Browns or, or with Deshaun Watson, as I say, HBO, the Real Sports series, um, they had two of Deshaun Watson's accusers of, of sexual, you know, of his sexual misconduct. I w- I'm not going to say sexual assault, but sexual misconduct. They had two of his accusers, um, and I don't, I'm not going to play the, the clips for you guys. You can go, I'm, you guys can go get that and find that, but they're pretty descriptive and graphic. So uh, I'm not, th- that's more of the reason why I'm not going to play them, but they're very descriptive and, gra- and graphic, and uh, basically his, acu- his accusers in these clips and these videos and these segments they are describing the experience with Deshaun Watson. Now, um, I say this, and this is this whole Deshaun Watson thing. It is so it is such a saga, and I think many of us not okay. I'm not gonna say many of us, but I think some of us have like have foreshadowed and kind of forgotten. A little bit like the ins and outs and the details of this whole Deshaun Watson thing, in in this in, in in this HBO series, some of you know some newly found and discovered details are um are are, are highlighted. Now, this whole Deshaun Watson case, it's important to know. It's this is the type of case that is the court of public opinion, court of public opinion. That's what this Deshaun Watson case comes down to. Um, and he he wasn't found on criminal charges. So now it's just civil charges. It's a civil case. And I told you guys, I think I have told you guys this, or if I haven't told you guys this, I've told some people that I talk to quite frequently about sports and so forth. I've But I've told people around me, I'm like, Ultimately, in terms of like the justice system and how I think this is gonna play out, and I've been saying this for a while now. Um, and 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 please, I don't I don't want this to be taken as if I'm tone deaf, um, or is I'm not saying this should be the correct um result, but just in looking at the grand scheme of things, uh, I think in in terms of the civil cases, which could drag on for years and years to come. I think this is what year two um, with this whole Deshaun Watson since this thing has been leaked and discovered um, and since victims have come to like the forefront. I think this is like year two, I think, or going on year two. Regardless, um, you have to I think this is going to end in a settlement. This is I think in terms of the criminal, not 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 what the NFL is going to do. But in terms of the civil cases and, the, and and how long this thing be dragged out, uh, I think this is probably going to end in settlement and Deshaun Watson and his team paying uh, these these young these young ladies these females, his accusers. Um, and that's the thing that could like I think a lot of people who are still focused and keyed in on the situation. I think they have been rubbed a, a little bit the wrong way because in terms of any actual punishment um, or if we had like a 
if we had like a scoreboard between the accusers, the defense team, and the plaintiffs and the accusers of Deshaun Watson, looking at how things have turned out over the oh, oh, since since the beginning of this whole case, Deshaun Watson and his team is winning. Uh, I would say like. There, he wasn't found on any criminal charges, wasn't found guilty on any criminal charges. It's still a civil case, but there's no criminal charges uh, that was brought against him. Uh, not enough evidence, right? And then gets traded. Mind you, he didn't, granted, he didn't play football this past season, but it wasn't because the NFL suspended him or like the Houston Texans were taking precautionary. No, 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 no. He didn't play football this past year because he wanted out of Houston. So this off season, he, his wishes are granted. He's out of Houston. He goes to a whole new team in Cleveland. And then on top of that, he gets a contract extension. So I know some people, I, I, I would imagine that the posts of some people that have been really focused and keyed in on this situation, uh, it, the, some of these actions could rub people the wrong way. And as I said, if you were to ask Deshaun Watson and his team behind closed doors, like this is probably the best case scenario. This is probably one of the best case scenarios in his defense for him. Now, I think, Roger Goodell was asked about um, the Deshaun Watson situation. He couldn't really give us a timetable, but he did say the disciplinary um, officer that the NFL has in place will make a decision. They will make the decision. So I think, first off, I think that's really smart by Roger Goodell. Good PR move because now he's, uh, with that, with that statement, he essentially uh, not removed himself completely, but we now know who's making the decision. And if you guys don't know, the, the, the NFL disciplinary officer that the NFL has in place uh, is Sue L. Robinson. So she's a female and a former federal judge. So there is so smart, smart play by Cadell and the NFL where they have a female and a former judge where they have someone making that type of decision. Um, I think more importantly, She's a female. Um, this, this is a female making a decision. Not to say that all females think the same or have the same feelings, but um, at least there is some relatability. There could be some relatability factor on that end um, instead of Roger Goodell or a male um, figure actually making this decision and this decision coming down upon their decision, whatever. But um, so good PR move, good smart play by the NFL and Roger Goodell. But this whole, there's, as I said, this is a case of court of public opinion. And unlike, unlike, a, a, like with murder, like with murdering, like you got manslaughter, you got first degree murder, you got second degree. Like there is different calibers of crime, right? With the court of public opinion and this type of crime, there is really no, there's no handbook. There's no guide to what the suspension should look like for Deshaun Watson. 
I've seen some people say two years. I've seen some people say a full season. I've seen some people say six games. I've seen some people say four games. I've seen some people say eight games. And honestly, I've been I've been asking myself like if I had to come down and make a decision, like if I had to make a decision, if it was up to me, what would be my decision? I, I honestly, I, I, I'm not even sure because I battle with myself. I say eight games and that and my gut is telling me the NFL is probably going to give him eight games. That's what my gut is telling me. But then I'm thinking a whole year without pay, uh, him being suspended for the whole season. Like, how would that look? Is like would people think that's enough or eight games? Is you know would people think eight games is enough? Um, but is a whole year enough? And then you get into the whole situation of how the Browns have structured Deshaun Watson's contract. Now, by the way, Deshaun Watson on this on this fully guaranteed the the highest fully guaranteed contract ever, two hundred thirty million dollars with this contract. He like he's seen all of this money. This money, all this money is he he got this money up front. It's just an escrow. It's just an escrow. But he he got this money up front. But the way how the Browns have his contract structured, the big numbers don't really come into full effect until like 2023, 2024. So even with so I, I say that I say that to say this. Even with a whole year of suspension, the the amount of money that he's losing wouldn't really affect him. And the Browns, like the money that he have on the books for this year that they that they owe him for this year, it's a low number. It's a low number. So the way how the Browns structured structured the contract, they made it. Uh, uh, they made this year, this upcoming year a low number just with the possibility of him being suspended for the full year. If that is, if that is to come to fruition, they, they made that number, that figure, his salary figure this year, a low number. So it, 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 it it's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of parameters that will, I'm, I'm going to say this, let me say this, wrong choice of words. There's no parameters on how to really suspend Deshaun Watson. And and like I said, with the new con- with his new contract, you, you guys know like how like big money corporations. When big money corporations get sued, uh, you know whether that's like infractions or or whatever, they have the resources and the finances to drag out cases and take you to a sea of water where. The where the other the app the other party just don't have the same finances and resources to continue on the case, and it just turns into a settlement. And with Deshaun Watson, his new deal, he makes enough money in in a financial position where he can literally drag out this whole process in this case to a point where it's like it's out uh, it's out into deep waters 
and the, the the and his accusers and whatever the other party just don't have the same resources and then that's where the settlement comes into play that's and and essentially i i've been talking about this for a year now but essentially that's what i was getting to last year i said this last year i I didn't know. Now I did not know Deshaun Watson was going to get a new contract, but I kind of figured Houston at some point would trade him. Um, and I figured at some point, if he's not found on criminal charges, in terms of the civil case, he his team is going to try to drag this process out, where they have enough resources to do so. But then, like the other party, they just like it, it just comes to a point where it's like, okay, I'm, I'm just gonna settle because like life, life goes on, life continues as we see. And I think with everything going on in the world, like that's why I say, like if you guys are still focused on this whole situation, I mean, I know there's a lot going on with school shootings, um, and condolences, condolences to those who may have been affected and the families that, that may have been affected by that, by those situations, by those brutal heartbreaking situations. But that's my whole point. There's so much going on where this Deshaun Watson thing, it, it, for now we're going on year two. It, it kind of, it's, it's just getting swept under the rug a little bit. Not And not, and I, I don't want to make it seem like it's not a big deal, but with everything going on, it just seems like, uh, it's like, Life has continued. Life has gone on, and there's there's other problems out in out in the world. You know, um, do I think this type of like with twenty two women, there seems to be some type of pattern, right? Like there, like if we're just using our common sense that we were born with, like twenty two women saying something, okay, you know, one person may be lying, but twenty two people, come on. 22 people there has to be some even if it's not to the full effect to what the experiences are being said like there's some remnants of the truth where there is some type of pattern that continues to happen and you know so like there come on there's some remnants of truth within these 22 victims and and, and, and accusers um, but we don't, is this enough to like be career ending? I don't think so. Me personally, I don't think this is like a career ending type of situation. I don't think so. Um, but in terms of the suspension and what should happen next with Sean Watson, just seems, it just seems a bit unclear and a bit blurry. Like I said, my gut feeling, my two gut feelings, I think essentially this case will drag on. For some time, in terms of in terms of the civil cases, and I think he'll probably just settle. I think Deshaun Watson and his team will settle with these victims. And in terms of the NFL and their suspension, I'm going to say they're going to suspend him for at least eight to ten games. That's my gut feeling. Now, it would not surprise me if the NFL with with the with the social climate that we live in wouldn't surprise me if they gave Deshaun Watson a full year 
but I already kind of gave you guys the financials of if they were to do that. The slap on it's it, it's it's much like a slap on the wrist where obviously he doesn't get to play football and he wouldn't get paid, but the, the the like his number his salary figure isn't that dramatic it's not that high um so that's what that that's those are my two gut feelings Deshaun Watson to settle and I think essentially the NFL they'll come to a decision where I think they suspend him for at least eight to ten games among you know eight to ten games and um that's that that that's what I think so that's just a little update on the Deshaun Watson situation. But I want to shift gears back to Miami uh, to close out this episode. Uh, just some closing thoughts uh, on this Eastern Conference Finals and more so on the Miami Heat. I think this series, honestly, I didn't think the Heat were going to make it to the Conference Finals. That's just my honest opinion. Uh, I thought... I thought a more focus if if Philly if Philadelphia was more focused, um, obviously if Harden you know the whole Harden situation, but if Philadelphia was more focused and organized, um, and, and, and better structured, I thought Philadelphia could have. I thought Philadelphia was better than Miami. That's just me. But 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 but, um, I think this series has really, especially the last two games, but this series in total and all. I think has really, really showed some glaring weaknesses of the Heat. Um, I, I, I like throughout the season, I thought they were fools gold. Um, coming into the postseason, I thought they were fools gold as a one seed. Um, and it, it, it's starting to show itself. And I think this is not the team that can make it back to this type of like they, this same team right here can't make it back to this point next year. Like, they just can't. Like, they can't make it back to this point next year. So I think looking at what they have to do, uh, Kyle Lowry, I think we got to recognize, like, hurting all, I think and he, he still could, that still could be affecting him. Kyle Lowry just ain't it no more. Okay? Just ain't it. Um, I think Miami has a couple of feel-good stories, but you need guys. Uh, I think Jimmy Butler is a really, really fierce, one of the better um, competitors that this league has to offer. Um, and I think he's a really gr- he's a great NBA player. But I'm not even sure if Jimmy is a first option on a championship caliber team. Um, because even even Jimmy has some flaws offensively himself. Like in terms of a, like he has some flaws. Like I talked about, he struggles to shoot the three ball. Like compared, even compared with Tatum and Jimmy Butler. Like Tatum, and and Tatum is excellent, great great offensive player. So this is no this is no like slug or slouch to Jimmy Butler, but Tatum. Pretty good ball handler, has improved his playmaking, a great shooter, has a great stroke, um, like he can score inside and out. 
inside finishing, paint, uh, mid-range, post-up game, three ball. Like, he has it all offensively. You can't really say the same for Jimmy Butler. Luka Doncic, like, has it all offensively. Jimmy, Jimmy's just not in that same class offensively. Those are real number one go-to options. So I think that's a problem right there with Miami. Uh, I think I also talked about Bam Adebayo. Bam Adebayo is not a two. He is more so a three, maybe even a four. I, I, in terms of like a scoring option on a championship caliber team, I don't think he's a, I don't think he's a two. The one big, the one big game where he had his biggest point total in this series was when Robert Williams was out. When Robert Williams was absent, that's when he, that's when he went off offensively. Outside of that, you don't really, uh, you haven't really seen much from Bam offensively because he's limited offensively. So, and like I said about Tyler Hero, I think Tyler Hero is a fine bench player. I think he's a, I think he's a really good bench player, and he had a bounce back year this year. But the mere fact that Miami was missing him. And they just couldn't seem to generate any type of offense. Says it says everything you know, everything you need to know about Miami. Um, and, and like I said, so it's no, it's no slouch to Jimmy Butler. I think Jimmy Butler's a great player. Like I said, great intensity. I love him as a competitor. I love the fearlessness. I love it all. I love the moxie about him. I love it. But in terms of the skill offensively. Uh, I don't know if he's a one. I think he's more of a two. I think he's more of a two, and I think Bam Adebayo is not a two. I know he's not a two. He's more a, th- a three or a four, you know, a third or a fourth scoring option on a championship team. I know damn right. I know damn sure he's not a two. That's just what I know, and and there's just there's just evidence pointing to it. Um, I think Miami. I think Miami could use a little bit of a some youth. A little bit. Um, like I said, PJ Tucker, I think is a really good contributor um on a playoff contending team. Um, but you you're relying on him to be your prime defender. Like Victor Oladipo, defensively he showed some flashes, but offensively, uh just just not the same after these knee injuries and all the all these knee surgeries. Just just doesn't have the same explosion. Um, so that 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 that's what I'm getting with Miami. I think they they absolutely need another star. Absolutely need another star. And Joel Embiid, is, it's kind of funny. Joel Embiid, kind like not kind of like he hinted at that. Like he 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 said that Joel Joel Embiid, pretty historical dude. Um, he hinted at Miami needing another guy. Miami needs another guy. They need another. They need another star. Simple as that, and they need a like they need a first option. They need a first option, not a not another second option, but a first go to option, a go to guy. That's basically what Miami's lacking. Um, but as I said, we can preach culture, culture this, culture that, but that culture stuff that only takes you so far. Nitty gritty of things. When you're playing against better competition, you better have guys. You better have dudes. You better have talent. Um, but uh, I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a wrap it up here. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the Isaiah Kid Podcast. Like I said, I was ready to pod today. I came to pod today. I was ready to pod. Hope you guys enjoyed. I'll be back with you guys. Um, Yeah, I'll be back. I'll be back this week, later this week. 
<laughs> next week. <laughs> nah, but I'll be back. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Always remember two choices, one decision. I, I'm out. Peace. Deuces. Gone. <laughs>